Hi, everyone. Welcome to Stories from the Field presented by Search King. On this podcast, we will focus on sharing stories by home service leaders and provide you with their secret to success. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Stories from the Field. You're going to love today's episode. We have Brian Williams on from Ashton Plumbing, Heating and Air in Vancouver, Canada. Story starts in 1987 with a single van and his wife, Julie, and has now grown to an impressive 110 employees, 70 trucks. He's a sponsor, an active sponsor in his community, got great training programs for his staff, and the quality of service that he provides to his customers are all on display in this podcast. So enjoy. Lots to learn here about taking a company from one truck to now 70. So I see uh, Ashton Mechanical. That's the commercial side, and then you have Ashton Plumbing and Heating and Air. Is that how you how you brand them? Pretty is- much, pretty much, Lauren. We're we're actually we started off as Ashton Mechanical along 30, 37 years ago. I was more of a design build mechanical guy. Then as I grew, people didn't know what mechanical fixed cars or what the heck they did, and then we started doing commercial service and commercial uh, install. But then one of my commercial customers might have needed a, uh, something done at home and they didn't know that I did that. So it evolved into the, eventually to the Ashton service group, but I kept mechanical for legal entity, but it became the service group because I would do anything from a plug toilet to a, put, put a new roof on someone's house or put, you know, Anything they needed, people started to come to me for advice and say, hey, Brian, who's good at this? So, you know, we kind of became a bit of a, a resource for our clients. I wouldn't say we would do roofing in-house, but we would sure know two or three really nice roofers that we could have vetted here. And so we kind of bumble along there. And then, you know, so then we go Ashton Service Group. Well, what do we service? You know, so that became a, a bit of another twist in my head. So so now basically with our radio ads, we're trying to go more to Ashton plumbing in the air, you know, just so people know what we do. And then there'll be the, maybe the third ad will be Ashton service group plumbing, heating and air. We're proud of mechanical. We're proud of service group, but the average person in the, in the home service industry needs to know we do plumbing, heating and air. And our mechanical, we've got a separate website for our mechanical, which we do commercial mechanical work as well as mechanical contracting. So we do commercial service and mechanical contracting. And then so when you were at the point where you were a service group and you're thinking, you know, if they need their roof fixed and they trust me, I should make sure that that gets taken care of for them. Have you stayed in that space? A lot of our customers have to decide when to diversify whether it's adding electrical or plumbing to their existing in service or just being a resource and then subbing it out or completely washing their hands of it. What was that journey like for you? I think the journey happened when my son Connor came along. He got a psychology degree at the university and then he, about halfway through, he called me and, and hopefully nobody takes offense to this. He called me and said, dad, this, this degree is not for me. And I'm like, look, son, you signed up for it. I think that you finish it. Psychology is really good. It's going to help you with whatever you do. So he did that. But at the same time, he signed up for a business program. 
and he went to BCIT after. Anyways, when he came, he came back and he came to start to work for us. And he first started in commercial um, relationship building. He's he's really good at golf and all that stuff, and and good with people. And then there was an opportunity in the residential department, so Connor said, "Dad, I'll I'll do it." And so he he jumped in there and started looking after the department. But he, you know, there'd be days that Mrs. Jones would call in and need their tap fixed or something. And we would grab a guy from the commercial side and he would go. And he didn't know our sales process. He didn't know our steps. He didn't know their greet. He didn't know our explore. He didn't know our present. He didn't know our execution. He didn't know our wrap up. He didn't know where to park his truck didn't know to bring the customer's garbage cans or newspaper in when he sh showed up. You know, he was very trained well commercially, but, and he, and he would fix it, but he didn't have all the gear. So that was actually became costly and not professional as well. So he basically, in a long story, Lord Connor said, dad, get your residential separate. Don't let the residential guys do commercial and don't let the commercial guys do residential. And you come from the mechanical side and your son is is now kind of pushing you in that direction. Who do you go to learn from at that point? You know, who helps you build out what your maintenance program looks like on the residential side or what you're offering or your sales processes way back yeah. then? And what year was that, by the way? So I'm going to press rewind here. Years wise, I'm just saying I've been in a best practice group called Nexstar for 12 years so far. But I happened to go to trade shows every year and with my friend. And we went to Chicago a couple of times and we would look at, it was a, called the ASHRAE show, the heating and air show. And we'd walk up and down all these aisles. And I spotted this one guy in the corner at just like a banquet table with a red blazer on and a, and a patch on his blazer and it looked like he was from the water buffaloes or something. And I just, you know, just, I'd done looking at all the, the pumps and motors and stuff. And went over and just said, hey, what are you doing here? And he says, oh, I'm I'm with a, a best practice group out of Falls Church, Virginia. And I said, oh, okay. And, uh, and I said, what's it called? And he says, it's called Quality Service Contractors. And, and I said, okay, well, what, what do you guys do? And he says, well, we work with contractors and we, you know, go through the processes and we network and we get together and we learn, we learn how to run a business. So he scanned my badge. He said, we'll send you some stuff. So anyways, fast forward, and I get this letter. There's a meeting in Toronto for the quality uh, service contractor. So I say to my wife, I'm heading to Toronto. And, you know, I'm just a couple of trucks in and whatever. That's 27 years ago. So, so I went. So, so you're in the mid-90s. You're only on the commercial side, and you got a couple of trucks. And yeah. now you're going to embark on a residential journey. Yeah, like maybe seven trucks at that time. Okay. Tops. I was basically the eighth truck. I had seven guys out there, and I, it was me still billing 14 hours a day and running the seven crews. Anyways, I went and my wife goes, are you nuts? We're moving next weekend. I said, no, I'm going. I said, this is my calling. I got to go. And when I get something in my head, I just go. And I went and all these guys were dressed up. They had suits on. They had started at eight o'clock sharp. And there's probably 35, 40 people in this room. And the speaker was up there and, you know, they start talking about, you know, you have labels on your trucks does everyone have the same uniform do you answer your phone the same way you no know, do, you, do you have a maintenance agreement 
you know, so you start by by nine o'clock, I got like 27 items on this list. And I thought I was doing pretty good, you know. And I went to the phone booth and I phoned my wife and I says, I think it's a cult. But I said, I like it. And I says, and, and we we got so much to learn. I pretty much joined within within a week. I joined that group and kind of got me started in an association with like-minded people. And then it was all kind of funny because us being Canadian, uh, me jumping across the border, learning this stuff, my Canadian peers were like, are you crazy? That's American. That doesn't work up here. And I'm thinking, are you crazy? Like th there's, there's a border, but people are people. So I, I really got immersed in that. And I actually worked my way onto the the board of uh of that of that group yeah so i was there for for like 14 years um and then i evolved into i was at the a trade show we had a booth there uh qsc and then next star had a booth there and and then there was a company called call source was there i met a guy there and jay said call source and he goes have you heard of next star and i go yeah but i i've heard that they're different and they might they might take a percentage of your sales. And like, I was totally afraid of them. That's kind of in my brain, you know, it was totally wrong with what I was thinking. And I had my controller with me and Jay said, Hey, they're having an event tonight at a lawn bowling club in uh St. Or in Minneapolis. Do you want to, do you, do you want to go? I said, no, I'm on the board. I'm not going over to the competitor. So I sent my controller and he went and then uh, we touched base later and I showed up after the party was over and Anyways, they were having an event the following weekend in Nashville. So something I said to my controller, probably had a cocktail or two in me. I was like, come on, let's let's go to Nashville next weekend and we'll check these guys out. So I went to Nashville, brought him, eight o'clock meeting, 30 people in a room, suits, ties, very similar to 14 years earlier. And was like, okay, do you, do you know what? you guys did yesterday in sales uh maybe no uh nope uh so now you guys, you're, you're taking it to the next level here. yeah and then just start like like drilling it down and do you listen to every call do you do, do you have someone else uh you know sending a message to your manager if the call doesn't get booked do you have what's the closing ratio of your customer service rep where are you buying your marketing leads from where who's doing your website you know and then and then all of a sudden it's like holy shucks i got a list longer than the one i had at the other place and i thought i was doing really good and turns out that this the first group takes one truck chucks to one to ten trucks kind of thing and you're working with the same mindset but then you hit the ceiling and then it's like okay where do i what what do I do next? You know, just for our listeners, that ceiling is that somewhere around a, a three four million dollar? Yeah, somewhere around yeah. there. Totally, yeah. Typically, and then yeah, you kind of get stuck four to five, and you're like, okay, how am I? Like, there's more to life than the, our little company here. You yeah, know? life's From, moving on. The company right. needs to keep moving too. Right, and the brain is just like rocking, and your children need attention, and my career needs are not the same as my wife's career needs right and i mean I'm not saying she wasn't there every step of the way and and we did it together but if you would ask her the same question she would answer it the same way 
And so, I mean, you, you join this Nextstar group and they, they help you put in place those next level processes. We work with a lot of Nextstar customers. I listen to phone calls. How can I make your day better? Right. At the beginning, the calm that comes over the person who called in, at least 60, 70% of people actually make a comment like, oh, thank you. Yeah, I need ABC, right? right. Like there's a reassurance that there's like an emotional connection that you're able to make with that person right away. It's, it's like, that's amazing. Yeah, you're like, this is the right company. And you have someone that actually cares and is going to follow it through for you, not just hand you off. And it's, yeah, because a lot of times people just want to be heard and they don't want to just hear you typing away. What, what's your, what's your address? We should have a truck by two. Like, whoa, what's, hey, you know, how can I make your day today? Just what's, what's happening, you know? And then it usually even goes in another step further where, wow, I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, right. Yeah. The empathy, like that's what I really, the light bulb went on a long time ago is just be yourself and be authentic. Don't BS anybody. Do not make it up. And it, and yeah, do we make mistakes and have to cancel and um, maybe come tomorrow? Uh, but we sure make sure that they're taken care of. Sure. It's been the good news story so far. I mean, coming through a smaller coaching into Nextstar and the growth there. I'm sure along the way you take chances that don't work out so well. And, you know, pitfalls along the way, learnings that you're like, huh, if I went back 10 years, I wouldn't do that. Any advice you have for, you know, the, the, the listener who's at, you know, two and a half, three million wanting to get there, you know, they get calls every day from people telling them how they're going to help them grow their business, right? Any mistakes along the way you remember fondly or not so fondly, but would like to uh, share? One of the biggest mistakes a tradesperson does is takes a tradesperson off the road and puts them in a chair. I would say that would be like nine out of 10 of us do it. Go, you know what? That Lauren, man, he was kicking it in the truck. He was the best, best technician we ever had. And then... He, come, he comes in the office and it's it's a totally different thing. And he's, people are calling, I know how to fix that. I could do that for you. And you're like, whoa, hold on a minute here, Lauren. Just with, you don't, I know you maybe in your mind could fix it, but actually we have a process and, you know, the process works and we, we, we'd like to book the call and set the appointment and then come out and greet and explore and go through it all rather than just saying, I think you should do this. You know, sure, it's, Water's bubbling up, you can fix it. But so yeah, number one, I would say hire a players off the hopper for the, the right person, the right seat. Because just because he's your buddy and you guys were great on the tools doesn't always work that way. Lauren, you could be a good, you could be an amazing field leader out there instead of coming in, or you could be just killing it in the, on the on, on doing your job and training up new techs. We want you to do that, you know? So I really, that that one is huge. I would also, as you can afford it, really invest in, in technical training for your people. We're just building a school here now. Uh, we bought another warehouse beside ours and we're building a, a school. And our first five students are working with a journeyman uh, heating tech right now. And these guys are in the class, 
for the most part, there's five students. Our first go around is 22 week class and they meet once a week for five hours in the training that we have a small training room now, but we're building a quite a bit bigger one with all live equipment. And we also go to one of our manufacturers that lends us their full training facility. The guys are there for five hours. And then one day a week, each one of those five guys is rotated with the journeyman and they ride for the whole day. And they'll put a boiler in together. They'll they'll do heating service calls. They, they're learning the trade from a master. So now on a weekend, there might be a call out. And one of those five people can go out on that call and could be a high efficient boiler or something that the old days, they would just, they would just practice and put a, put a tester on and usually fry a component or cost me five or 600 bucks for a new control board. Now they actually know what they're doing and, and to see the, and, and I'm paying these guys full pay for, for this. I'm paying the instructor it's right out of our bottom line, but I don't want when somebody calls my business to say, I don't want to send that guy, but I don't want to have to call him. Hey, make sure you send the guy who knows what he's doing. Like I want my customer service reps to just say, Bob's up, Tim's up. You have all first line players that way. I right. Guess. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I would say train your people properly. And as you talked about, Lauren, as different divisions, you know, perfect one first, you know, if you're doing plumbing, get really good at plumbing, like really good at plumbing before you jump into electrical or AC because they're different animals. And it took me a long time to to get good at HVAC and cost a lot of money to do it. So be ready to do it right because that stuff's expensive and and the technicians are different than a plumber. You know, we've also learned what we, we do here is we cross-train. Last summer, we took six plumbers and moved them over to our HVAC department for the whole summer. And they got to do installs all summer. And those guys were thrilled. So now they know how to put in a uh, an air conditioning system. And then and now those guys are getting the opportunity to work alongside with service techs. So some of those guys are in our school right now. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. I have to, you're building real all-star team right every member right. of the team is interchangeable you right. even start crossing their industry so that they are growing mm-hmm. I, my, I guess my question then becomes retention of stars you don't sure. want to you don't want to move them into the boardroom or into the chair because right. that's not their skill set but right. you you want them to feel like they're continuing to grow be fairly compensated and yeah. being part of the puzzle of the winning team so right. what do you what do you do there to avoid them plateauing once they are kind of, you know, dominating in their position. We have weekly one-on-ones with our guys and they, and they have goals. So we, we continue to discuss their goals and then we have quarterly meeting with them. And then we also have an annual review. So basically we can discuss where they want to be three months, six months, five years. And, you know, if a guy says, Hey, I want to be living in, in Calgary, Alberta, watching the flames, don't ask me why, but, or, you know, I want to be living in the Okanagan because my family lives up that way, but we're going to help them achieve that. We don't want anything hidden. So it's better just to train them up and, you know, because they could move to the Okanagan and then they could be working with a coworker. I'll get them the job even in the Okanagan for an affiliated shop, 
but there could be a coworker that could be wanting to move back to Vancouver one day and they say, hey, that Ashton is decent people, you know? So I would rather, um, they, they all, there's always that saying, uh, what if you, what if you train them and they, and they leave? And I say, what, what if you don't train them and they stay? Uh -huh. So that's really our whole right. mantra. And it's, it's a next starism too, but it's really true. Let me ask you something that we often get asked about is you have an all-star team heading out into the field. You have quality team members training. It has to be reflected in the pricing for the customer at the end of the day. How do you avoid competing for, you know, the race to the bottom with those yeah. contractors out there who are cheap and, you know, free, uh, free this and free that. And yet, yeah. you know, I know that you're best in class. So what's the advice you have around holding that price, making sure that you show your value. Every employee that comes here go, go, has to go through a, a service system training and it's three days. And, you know, so we are price conditioning on the phone even before we go go out there. So there's no scare. We do a, do charge a dispatch fee to go, to go out. So that kind of weeds out some people right off the hopper. And, and but the dispatch fee is waived if they decide to go ahead with the work. Then we go out and then we're going to put together a whole procedure on how we're going to, we're going to do the call. So, you know, the, the customer is going to get a tech bio before we get there. So Mrs. Smith has already saw that uh, Bill's coming out and Bill has a Labrador dog. Bill has three kids. So, so she's got a picture of Bill in her mind. Bill comes and he parks his truck on the boulevard. Just didn't finish vaping and having a cigarette. And all that stuff that drives me crazy, like he's ready for the call. Anyways, they'll, they might be walking up the drive and there could be some papers blown around, or there could have been a newspaper or the garbage can. Like we come to the door, we got the newspaper in the hand. We knock on, we knock on the door. We don't ring the doorbell because there could be a child sleeping. We greet the customer and say, hi, I'm Brian Williams from Ashton. You present your business card. Oh, excuse me. But by the way, is it is it okay if I park my truck there? You know what, Brian? Garbage guy's coming today. You know what? You can put it right on our driveway. Well, you sure? Yeah, we can put it on your driveway. Okay, good. We got a metal pan. We'll put it underneath the truck. Like we we're like, okay. So we're setting the value right off the hopper. Come in. Uh is, is it okay if I come in? Yes. Uh, I understand you're having a problem with your furnace today. Yeah, it's just not heating. Um, okay, so you put your shoe covers on, and then like, oh, it's okay, just leave your shoes on. It's like, no, we, we okay, we, we love, but we'll put our shoe covers on. Walk in, might be a photo of the family on the wall, or or the Vancouver Canucks, or someone, or the Leafs, maybe from people from Ontario, you know, Rick Vibe or an old Daryl Sittler or whatever. I'm just kidding. So we we could talk about the picture on the wall, and they could say, hey, that's my brother-in-law. He he played for the Leaves or Vancouver, and I'll say, "Hey, you know, that's my friend was uh, is Mark Crawford, who's a coach, and I and I know I know about four or five NHL coaches, so I can I can like I can jump into a conversation easy with folks, you know. And it's not bullshit; it's like actual my life's journey or someone's life's journey without being. So you're you're training a, a personal connection once they enter the house is really right. what's going on here. Right, right. So yeah. hey, Lauren, Lauren, your furnace isn't working right. 
I'm not here to fix your furnace. I really, I, I can fix your furnace, but I got to make sure you're fixed too, because if you, you don't like me or you don't like the whole procedure, all you give a crap about is what it's going to cost, you know? So we got to really, and you're worrying about what's it's going to cost. I want to go out and cut my grass. I don't want to be worrying about the meter tick, 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 tick. So sorry, I'm on a bit of a long story, Lauren, but it's like, okay, so we, Lauren, do you know where your furnace is? Or Mrs. Jones, do you know where your furnace is? Yes, uh, I do. Oh, could you show me? So you go, and then she goes, well, no, I don't. Or you say, no, I don't. I say, okay, well, let's look together. So, so you go together and then, and then you go to the furnace and then you, you know, you say, hey, let me get my tools out or whatever. And, and, and they say, you know, just, just a minute. I think this is going to take a little bit. How about you give me 15 minutes and then I'll, I'll open this thing up and I'll get you back. And then maybe we could sit down at the kitchen table and just go through my findings. And and I used to think it was a sales pitch, Lauren, I'll be totally honest with you, but it's like, people really wanna know. So, so the tech really figures out what's wrong. So then he figures it out and he finds you says, hey, Lauren, you got a minute? Yeah, okay, got it figured out. And you just sit down at the kitchen table, say, you know what, went through it, uh, it's clanging, it's banging, it's 17 years old. I can get it up and running. Uh, it needs a new thermocouple and a, and, and a fan belt. Um, and, you know, it's going to be 300 bucks. And, and you say, okay. And then, uh, you know, but I said, but I also noticed that there, there's a possibility that um, the bearings are worn and and the the capacitor on the motor and you know there's a few other things so you know we could we could really tune this thing up and change the motor and um pull pull the pull the blower clean the blower put a new shaft new bearings get this thing rocking but it's still going to be a, a 1967 chevy impala gonna have a nice new blower and a few things but you still got an old battery and a clutch and the brakes so i'm just telling you but we could do that for 1200 bucks or, you know, thing is 17 years old. Ontario hydro has rebates. Now BC hydro has rebates. You know, I could get, I could get you a new furnace with air conditioner for 49 bucks a month. You know, how does that sound? You know, and you don't have to worry about it and, or, you know, or it's $7,800 or whatever. I'm just making up numbers, but so you give them three choices. So you let the customer decide which one they want to do. Sometimes they say, I got to call my husband. Sometimes they say, um, that's excellent. Uh, please proceed with the best one. When, okay, let me make a call, see when we can do it. Hey, we can be here tomorrow. Bang, get a deposit. We're coming tomorrow. We're, that warehouse is pulling the furnace. We're getting the transition made. We're, we're ready to rock and roll for tomorrow. And we have the depth to be able to do that. So we're doing it by the job, not by the hour. And people are at, at ease because if you're doing it by the hour, and like I say, you wanted to cut your grass and you're like thinking, I'm afraid to go cut my grass because I don't trust this guy. And I don't know what he's going to be. What what is he practicing? Is he any good? You know, so that's how we overcome that. Even a small guy can do can do it this way though. Like they can really slow it down. And, you know, it's just me and you, Lauren, and, and another guy doing plumbing or heating. 
we could talk about this and build our own little system that we could still make a great living and not chase to the bottom. And yeah, you, you might lose five or 10% of those people on the phone before you go. A lot better to lose them there than burn up your time when you could be at a, at a, at a great customer who's going to refer you to four or five family members. Right. You're not referring no. to the guy at the bottom who, who you know, cut yeah. you a deal today. So right. amazing. You can't find him sometimes, Lauren. There's like his transmission broke or he's going to Mexico for three weeks because he's worked hard all year, you know. Offline marketing. Give one tip. All the online stuff, you know, we talk to our customers about that all the time, obviously, generating new business. Anything less conventional, anything you've ever done, whether it was sponsoring something or a campaign that you say, you know what, that was awesome. And I don't want anyone in my neighborhood to do it with like me, but, you know, if you're out in uh, another location, try this. Well, I started with how much time you got. We, we, we have a, a thing here called the Ashton Caring Team, and it, our tagline is helping people in need act, we call it. But started off with just, you know, maybe sponsoring uh, your son's soccer team, hockey team, you know, just throw them a few bucks and, and put your name on the back of the shirt, maybe the program at the ice rink, you know, start small with that stuff. Your daughter's ballet, give them a hundred bucks. You can buy the back page, you know, so you start, you start doing some of that little stuff. We started a back to school training camp and a hockey training camp. It was back to hockey, but back to school was in August. And I had Ryan Walters, his friend of mine, was former Montreal Canadian. I had Mike Johnson, who was a, a really good friend. He was coaching the Canucks with Mark Crawford and um, Jim Houston is another friend. And th those dudes came out and I bought them all Ashton, like real jerseys, these kids. They're like nine years old. And it was a one-week program. I got a dry land trainer for them. I got the jerseys. I got Mike, Ryan, uh, and Jimmy. And uh, and then they they would do uh we would do dry land and then the boys would get a couple hours on ice with Mike. And then the last day we we'd have barbecue with MM meats and and I a company would pay for the whole damn thing. The kids would pay 50 bucks just just because but I took the 50 bucks and then, then we had the M&M meats and we'd have like burgers on the last day. I took, there was a little girl on our team. Her dad uh, was a motorcycle mechanic and he worked really hard, but the money was hard. And even the $50, they, they couldn't afford the 50 bucks. So he would bring it to me in, in increments. Sometimes it would be like at eight o'clock at night, he'd bring me 10 bucks, maybe smell the odd beer on his breath, but just a great guy. Another 20 bucks, another 20 bucks. So anyways, he would always pay. And he taught skating in our community too. Everyone loved him. Anyways, he 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 got sick and 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 and, and died. And um anyways, we took the 50 bucks that everybody paid and we we made uh we made a scholarship fund in our, in our neighborhood for I won't say the name, but we made a scholarship fund in honor of him. And uh, so we were able to make sure that she never paid for anything to do with hockey again. I, I would have her at the hockey store getting new skates, pants, sticks, shoulder pads, whatever. And she went on to play hockey into female, like high level. Helping people in need was our tagline. So other community members 
could apply uh, for the for the fund. Um, that was us one. Um, another one I'll do it quick, but Rick Hansen is a really good friend of mine. Uh, called me one day and asked me to come for lunch. And uh, I, I go for lunch with Rick about three times a year in his office, and we just have sushi and shoot the breeze because we both just love our community so much. And uh, him on a huge scale, I'm just a little guy. And you know, he's asking me how it's going or whatever. And and he asked me about a girl that if I'd heard of this girl in our community that had been recently uh, paralyzed. And I said, no. And he said, yeah, she was a hockey player, had scoliosis. Her coach was actually a doctor. And he had a look at her and said, look, your, your spine is really curved. Put a couple rods in for you. We're going to straighten you up. You're going to be playing hockey like in a month. Excellent. We're going to do it. Valentine's Day, they go in. She's on the other side of the curtain, the mom. And the mom hears the nurse saying, oh, my God. And the mom's like, oh, it's curtain. What's going on? Oh, no, everything's fine. Anyways, they did the operation. She was supposed to be out by 10 in the morning. She's two in the morning. She gets wheeled out of there. And the doctor comes, sits on the bed with the family and says she's paralyzed. And uh, they cut the blood flow off to her spine when they were prepping her. Anyway, long story short, they got nowhere to live. Their house isn't handicap accessible. Rick's telling me, he says, could you help them with a the bathroom or something? I said, yeah, no props. I happen to have the president of Moen Placis was coming to Vancouver. And uh, you want to go for breakfast? So I said, hey, let's go to IHOP, you know, real fancy breakfast. So let's go to IHOP. So I met him at IHOP with a couple of his buddies. And uh, I was telling them the story. And they said, hey, just a minute. Guy runs out to the car, brings a booklet in his Habitat for Humanity. He's like, anything mowing for the house, mowing will take care of it. And I was like, wow, this is cool. But meanwhile, back it up. The night before, I met parents. And they were telling me all this stuff they wanted to. They bought this old junker of a house. They're going to cut the roof off, add a third floor, put an elevator in. And I was like, well, how much money you got? And they said, we got like 100 grand. And I says, are you freaking nuts? And where are you going to live? They, they, this is all, well, well, we'll figure that out. So I'm like, okay, this doesn't make sense. So the guy, the Moan guys come to town. They tell me about that. And I go out to my truck. I phoned one of my big vendors here. I says, Moan's going to give me this and this. And they, the VA Robinson, my supplier, they go, well, that's great. How about we up this? We'll talk to Kohler. We'll talk to we'll talk to every single vendor. We'll provide all the plumbing and eight track for this whole house. I'm like, well, cool. So then I call my accountant, tell him right away. He's like, hey, we're gonna call Tim Horseman's customer of mine, Horseman Electric. Horseman says we'll give you all electrical. I called my electrician, Lafarge Concrete, the appliance suppliers. Anyways, between that. I put a wall up there out front and every vendor got to put their uh, logo on as I went and we built them about over a 3000 square foot house with an elevator uh, from scratch. I knocked down the old one I had the CBC there. I had a uh, uh, global covered the whole story throughout. Anytime there's a, anything to do with plumbing or heating in Vancouver, I get the first call from global. And and she got because this girl was had to go to the pool to have her shower. Mom and dad had to carry her up the stairs to have dinner. And uh, we we were able to build and my friend Ken helped me uh, manage it. And I was there full time for a year and a half and pretty much abandoned my family and my 
my, my staff, if I needed volunteers to move sand, I'd get 13 people was my biggest turnout at night. We, we did, uh, everyone just volunteered. I had a, a drywall company, uh, Gallagher Drywall came and they, they, they brought 13 guys one day and they boarded this house in one day, like they, like one whole day, like it was drywall in one whole day. And there was, the best one was the swimming pool in the back was beat up and she wanted to keep playing sports. So she got into swimming. Somebody stole the pool heater before they left. So my supplier gave me a new pool heater. I got the pool here, but the coping was kind of gross. It was an old concrete pool. And I'd met this guy before I'd done a public swimming pool for city of Richmond. I redid the plaster to pool and he did, uh, he did it for me. He's the nicest man. I phoned him, told him about it, came over to the house and he pulls up old guy and he sits on his tailgate. He goes, yeah, I know the pool. It's kidney shaped. It's in the back. He says, I, I built that pool. I said, you did? He goes, yeah, me and my father-in-law. My father-in-law was dying of cancer and I, he, he gifted me the business. And that was the last pool we did together. And he started crying, went in the back, had a look at it. He goes, pool's on me. He, he stripped the whole, all the plaster off the pool, all the coping was there for like a month, no charge. So, and I got about 200 of these little stories, but I'm, and I've been so lucky. Uh, Rick and I both say it's good business. And what we mean by that is I feel so good. My staff feels so good. My community feels so good. And tell you what, somebody's going to buy a furnace from, there's three prices out there. And the guy that actually gives it about his community, you got a shot. I'm not saying you're getting it, but mm -hmm. the like-minded people stick together. And that's but ultimately who you want your customer to be. Totally. Right. Takes years, but that's, and that's who I want my staff to be. So mm -hmm. we're just conduits for that. Like the business is one thing, but the community is what we are. Amazing. It sets you apart, right? In the community and, and you're not going to be the cheapest option, but people are probably going to feel pretty good that they called you and pretty good to tell their neighbors about you and oh my gosh we got yeah it's we got one right now oh, i can't even tell you about another day we'll tell you but it's mackie place and it's a it's an at-risk youth center and we, we were able to get get some pretty cool people to to be involved we got i was able to get mike michael buble involved i was able to get uh jillian harris from the bachelor that did to to shout out michael actually got bell canada to donate money and it's just you build relationships with people and they trust you like i'm not a pest but or anything but i i feel that it's like ping pong everybody takes care of everybody and all the debts i have to repay for all those nice people helping me i'm good with it like somebody calls says hey we're doing another one we're doing this rock and roll what's address that's the way we see it right you're chipping in to their yeah. missions too. Brian, it's amazing talking to you. I think for the, you know, the company with, you know, less than uh, $3 million in revenue can learn a ton from this conversation, along with those companies that have grown over the hump of 10 million and they're wondering, how do I become more fulfilled in this? I think that's for, mm -hmm. for the bigger company with more than 15 employees, you wanna keep those employees happy and fulfilled this is this is i think the roadmap is is the people business that you're in secret sauce man i'd say lastly is you've embedded yourself in your community with such a positive presence that 
knowing your son is in the business with you and the just the security that you're able to build for the next generation to not just be a company churning customers is, you know, I guess the, the, for, for you and for Julie to know that the business is going to be, you know, held to a high standard is, is amazing. That's another episode of Search Kings Presents Stories from the Field. Hope you enjoyed. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Stars from the Field, brought to you by Search Kings. We are here to help your home service business grow and dominate in your community. Stay tuned for more episodes as we learn what it takes to scale and succeed your business.